0: When you look for rental property, I'll give you the basics, what to look for. Agent Power Huddle is a daily jumpstart, giving you all the tools you need to create an amazing real estate career. Led by top experts in the field, you'll learn how to sell more houses in less time while creating the life you want. Welcome to the Agent Power Huddle.
1: It is a special Wednesday because we've had Ogi Penev, the amazing Ogi who's uh, from Arizona, who's been on pretty much every Wednesday uh, for a while. But I, I'm excited because I get to be here with him and we're gonna be talking about how to pick the right rental property.
0: Oh and- Jesse, I missed you, man. It was so lonely <laughs> all these Wednesdays, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and,
1: and so this is this is when things don't go well in real estate and you have to go like sell your house and find a rental, right, is that what you mean? no i'm kidding uh, that's a joke yeah no we're,
0: we're, this is this is intentional investing
1: <laughs> this is wealth building this is not renting a house this is wealth building right yeah. this is so so the, those of us those of us i mean a lot of our crew that, that are on agent power huddle are with us at exp so we have our our revenue share component for long-term wealth building we have stock but this is for any agent any company any person really i mean you are probably one of the people i know that has done such a fantastic job. Of building uh assets through investment properties and teaching other people how to do it so i'm I'm thrilled this is the topic today
0: yeah and and everything i'll be um, providing today and then everything i've been providing on investing in real estate it comes from personal experience, and I started doing investing buying and hold in two thousand and seventeen so all these Creative investments in financing, refinancing the right properties, getting burned, buying the wrong properties, losing money, all this, it, it's just a um, good experience now that I'm providing to you guys.
1: So, I love it. All right. So, we're, so where are we starting today? On, on, I know the topic is picking the right rental property. Where, where are we starting today?
0: It, this is like a continued um, show from the last two, three times that first we talked about a few weeks ago about how to use other people's money, make millions, and never pay taxes. Then um, last time we showed... uh, Legally, legally we we should say, right? Legally, no pay taxes. And um, then last week we talked about some secrets on how to increase your ROI. And now it's kind of a continue education type thing. Um, When you look for rental property, I'll give you the basics, what to look for. Of course, this is a very... um, Area oriented. So different states might have different rules and a little bit, but it's not going to be so much different. So, but um so we're going to go over uh, what type of property, location, bedroom, bathroom, square footage, good stuff, bad stuff. So at least you can have a basic understanding of the best rental property. Okay. I love it. You know me, I have always prepared a presentation. So I will share my screen and so I'll. Paradogi. Ah, it's easier for me that way. I love it. So, <laughs> so I can, um, you know, don't lose my thought. So, share. And I'm trying to share, but... Oh, can someone make... Hold on a second.
1: Let me somebody make you has a to make
0: me a host. All right. I do that. There you go. um, You're good to go. Yeah, thanks, Jesse. And during the presentation, please uh, feel free to to ask any questions in the chat or live on Facebook. Yeah, I'm
1: I'm Um, gonna pull Facebook up, so we'll keep an eye on Facebook for questions too. we got people watching over there.
0: Perfect, okay. All right, so buy and hold real estate investing. Today, I'm gonna give you a basic idea of how to um, pick the right rental property. Um so today we're going to talk about the, the type as a single family condos, townhomes. Then we're going to give you an idea of the best price ranges, uh location where the property is going to give you the most return. Uh which can square footage, what's the best, um, which square footage will give give you the most appreciation of the property and bedroom, bathrooms, and some um, what to look for negative and positive features in a in a certain property. So okay, let's start with the most important thing. What's the, the right type of a property? Is it condo, single family home, townhome, um, manufactured home? So in order to answer this question, we have to know um, the first thing about buying a rental property, and that's the value is in the land. So when we buy an investment rental property, the actual building does not go up in value. The building itself just goes bad. It can, it can tear it down, it can rebuild it. What goes up in value is the actual land. So when we're buying a rental property, we need to have a property with land. And that, so that means that the best investment for rental property is a single family home with a piece of land. Not a condo, not a town home, It's a single family home that has a piece of land. So this way, eventually um, the building can go bad. You can tear it down, rebuild it, add additions, but the land is still there and it's valuable. This is gonna give you the most appreciation. All right, now that we know that um, we we have to look for single family homes with land, the question is, What's the location? Where should we be looking for properties? So the idea is don't look at for cash flow because usually the properties, the the cash flow good, they're not a good rental property. They're in a not good location, not good tenants. You get it cash flow a lot, but you get a lot of trouble. So what I'd like you to look for is a location in town where the prices will double the fastest. So that's the best return on the investment. It's not don't look at the cash flow, just look at where the money will the, the value of the property will double the fastest. So in order to find these places, there's few things we have to consider. since we know that the value is in the land, we, we need to look for locations where the land is scarce scarcity scarcity is a scarcity of land in that location and usually that's towards the center of the city towards the downtown areas toward very close to freeways close to shopping close to jobs so towards the center of the city there's not a lot of land so which means that if you want to develop something you have to to buy something existing tear it down and redevelop it and when there's not enough land then the prices goes up faster if you buy something in the outskirts like in our area is plenty of desert around us so you can buy land it can buy property with land but there's a plenty out of land to be developed so the prices will know will not go that um, higher that fast so the best location for rental property, is towards the center of the city, close to a freeway, close to jobs, close to schools, so places where the prices will double the fastest. Make sense, Jesse?
1: It does. Yeah, I'm just thinking about it. And is that does that vary? Do you think city by city, are there some cities where the close to the center is less desirable, or is it is this more general, or is it pretty pretty universal rule across the board? Would you say?
0: So it, uh, yes and no. So it's, it's it's center of the city, but some big metro metro areas are considered a few different cities together. So you're looking towards the center of the, each city. So that's where uh, the jobs are, that's where the schools are, and that's where the uh, easy to freeways. Um, so yeah, I would say universal. Yeah, Towards, makes the, sense. towards where the, the, the jobs are in the schools and everything. Makes sense. All right, now that we know that we have to look for single family homes towards the center of the city, now we need to know what's the price range. So in every state, every market, the price range will be different. So the general rule is you have to look for properties in the lower price range, where at least 50 or 60% of the population can afford to buy the property. So in our area, for example, in the Phoenix market, the average price point um, is about three 33350 and the affordability rate is 60 percent which means a family of two can afford to buy 60 percent of the listed properties on the market so in order to attract more renters more buyers easy to rent easy to sell we're gonna have to uh, cater to these uh, majority of the buyers and the renters. So the cheaper the properties, the higher the pool of buyers and renters are. So in our market, since we know that the average is 350 and the, um, the affordability rate is 60%, we wanna buy properties below 350 or below 400,000. So to be in that um, bigger pool of renters and buyers different markets of course is different. So what you have to look for it's what what is your average price point or median price point and stay below that. Then you're going to be okay. You're going to have plenty of renters and plenty of buyers if you have to sell the property. Jesse, what's the average price range price in San Diego? It's mid
1: 6s almost approaching 700 at this point.
0: Wow. Ah. You know you know what's the affordability rate in uh LA. What? Nine percent. Wow. In Phoenix, it's still 60%. (laughs) So different markets, different areas, but stay in the lower price ranges, then you're gonna have more success with tenants and selling the properties.
1: Okay. And, I, and I just Googled it because I actually, depending on who you look at, was ne- the first thing that popped up, San was actually seven fifties is our median price now. So I guess depending on which, stat, which statistic median, mean, whatever you're using, but there you go. So it's, this one absolutely depends on, you know, the number depends on the city, but the, the theory makes, mo-
0: makes more sense to me, depending on, you know, for the price range you're looking in relative to your median price. Yeah. So when you look for investment property, first the thing is you have to think as an investor, which you have to think numbers you're not gonna live in that property. If you're gonna be buying a property to live in, it's a completely different requirement. If you're looking for an investment, it's a completely different requirement. And the first thing that um, you should not think about is the the location, the area, oh, it's a bad area, I'm I'm not gonna live there. Maybe not, but other people will. So it's all about the numbers. When you're investing in real estate, it's all about numbers. Right, so now have single family home that we have to buy towards the center of the city in the um, lower price ranges of the medium for the the market. So next thing is we have to figure out what's the square footage, what's the right square footage. So in my experience, the lower the square footage, the higher the appreciation rate is. We did a little research here for our local market for the last 19 years. So we took anything from between 2005, when we have the last price increases, during the crash 2008-9, and until now, and we compare the different appreciation and different square footages. So for, for properties under 1,000 square feet, we had average of 6.9 appreciation. For the year. and this is considering that the prices dropped 50 percent in 2008. So we went down and still well up. So the properties in the lower square footage appreciated 6.9 percent average. The higher the square footage went, the lower appreciation also went. The properties over 3,000 square feet only appreciated 3.4 percent for over 20 years. Which is still good appreciation. But if you have a choice in what square footage to buy, stay in the lower price, in the lower square footages. So, right now in our market, I would consider Phoenix Market a sweet spot. Anything over 2000 square feet is going to give you um, good um, tenants, good, good property below the price range, and is going to give you a really good appreciation. So remember, do not look for the cash flow. Usually cash flow, it's not a <clears throat> not a good rental property. Look for the property that's gonna double the fastest in value. So. All right, so now we have single family home towards the center of the city and um, the lower price points and in the lower square footages. Now we need to know how many bedrooms and bathrooms. In my opinion, bathrooms doesn't matter that much, but because a lot of locations, it's very common to have three bedroom, one bathroom. A lot of in the Midwest here. For our market, I I love, I always looking for two bathrooms, definitely. So it depends on the market, but it, it's not that important. More important is the bedrooms. So I wouldn't go below three bedrooms. Once you go below, Three bedrooms, you go in two, one. Then you're competing with apartments, and you don't want to compete with that. You just want minimum three bedrooms. So this way, you get um, you know more renters, more tenants. Easy, easy to to um, attract them to the property.
1: Okay. Yeah, I, I was I was going to jump in on that one for a second. Yeah. I I agree with you on the uh, on the bathroom count. One of the rentals I have is a is a three bedroom one bath, and in San Diego, that's not common to have only one bath in a single family house. And I mean, I bought it because I. Got it years ago and I got a smoking deal on it. So I'm like, what, well, doesn't matter. I'll buy it anyway and add bathroom someday if I care. It's been a, a little bit of an issue as a rental. It's just li- limited the pool of rental tenants. It hasn't really hurt the property long-term appreciation. Still been good. But I, I definitely say if you have the choice and you're looking, having a second bathroom would have been a lot better.
0: Yes. And don't get me wrong. This, this here is just guidelines. If you have a great deal that doesn't fit this, oh my God, just buy it. <laughs> just buy it and uh, fix it up and either resell it, rent it and later down the road, if you don't like it, just sell it and replace it with something else. But don't miss a good opportunities just because it doesn't fit this guideline. This is the perfect scenario and it doesn't have to be always perfect. I own properties different than that. So it's, uh, it's just a normal thing to do, <laughs> but don't miss opportunities just because they don't fit in this um, guidelines. All right, so now we have single family home, center of the city, lower price points, lower square footages, minimum three-bedroom, two-bathroom, or you know, in my location, one-bathroom. So now what, what else you should look for? Features. What's negative, what's positive? Pools. I don't like pools, personally. Pools are extra work, extra liability and different maintenance it eventually you have to spend money for that so i when i buy and hold properties for long term i try to get no pools however again if you get a good deal with a pool just buy it i own a property with a pool right now but i couldn't refuse it it was such a great deal i couldn't say no so Eventually, at some point, maybe I can sell it, replace it with something else that has less headache. Um, Another thing, what's positive and negative about the the property? So what do you want is nothing negative. Like you don't want a property on the busy street. You don't want a property with um, power lines, electrical power lines in the back. You know, these things um, bring negativity and reduce the price of the property. So try to avoid them. Also, another thing to avoid is in a property is um, additions. I hate additions. So uh, you never know how they are done. Um, are they any permits? And they just look bad. There's, they don't bring anybody. So try to avoid properties with additions. Just use the, the regular property. Positive things. So a lot of people think that mountain views or golf course lots that you know these are positive things but i don't like him you don't need to pay extra for mountain view or golf course all you want is very average boring house in a good neighborhood that's what you want you don't want to pay any extra you don't want a native just find a boring house three bedroom two bathroom and rent it out in a good neighborhood and that's gonna be the best investment, rental investment for you. So let's summarize everything. The best rental properties are single family homes that are located towards the center of the city because you you wanna be close to jobs and schools. Then you want the property to be in the lower square footages, not three, 4,000, less than 2,000 square feet. Then you want to um, be in a lower price ranges for the na- for the area, you know. If look at what's your median price point, and then it has to be below that. Then it has to be three bedroom minimum, and no pool, nothing negative as a busy street or high power lines, and don't pay extra for mountain views or golf course lots. They don't bring you know, any money. So. If you follow this guidelines, the average return on a rental property investment with 20% down over 20 years is anywhere between 40 to 60% per year. That's the return on the investment with your 20% down payment. So.
1: Which is pretty fantastic.
0: All right, and that's it, Jesse. Right now we have some time for q and love
1: See so- if- so let so, so me I'm, I'm make sure I go back to Facebook, get this up here, so, see if we've got questions there. So this is something that you can basically use this content to educate your clients who are, because that's a, a question that I get fairly regularly from people that are you know, doing this long time that say, okay, I've got some equity. I want to buy an investment property. What should I buy? That was a great like check-by-check check thing that you use for that. Would you say, is this something that you're having a conversation, on? you know, you and your, your team on a regular basis are having these conversations educating investors or do they come already educated by the time they get to you?
0: No, all the investors comes with quite a different view of investing. My, my view on investing in real estate is completely different. And a, a lot of time I have to spend two hours with a client to change his mind and, and show him where the money is most people come and they look looking for cash flow and i told you i don't want cash flow cash flow doesn't bring, doesn't make doesn't anything.
1: why don't and that's, that is a, a, there's different schools of thought in terms of investing from cash flow or you know appreciation typically you go for one or the other why do you prefer why do you say you don't want cash flow
0: right now i don't want cash flow i want properties i want properties that i can use my cash to um to use to get leverage with the bank get mortgage and buy, buy as many properties as possible so these properties when I buy them right now because I uh, my investment strategy is for the next 20, 30 years and never sell the properties. So right now I don't have any cash flow. What I'm looking for is equity. I want to build equity. I want to buy the property. My criteria for good deal is if I have almost no money into the deal, that's a great deal. So zero cash out of uh, me. To buy the property, that's the best deal ever, even if it doesn't cash flow. Because what all, all I want is the, the 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 rent to cover the expenses. So today I'm not getting any cash flow. However, the rent goes up with the inflation, and the rent is fifteen hundred today, but in five years or six, seven years, we are going into two thousand dollars probably a month. So I don't cash flow right now, but I will be cash flowing in the future. Right, because your mortgages are fixed. The mortgages are fixed for 30 years. So more important for me is to buy the right property at the right location so it can double the fastest in value. Right. Cash flow will come later.
1: Right. And and is that because just where you are in your life
0: and your career that you can look to a long-term strategy, right? You can say- No, even average, average investor is 60 years old. So when he's 60, he's not old. He still have you're going to need the money when you're 75 80 that's when you're going to need the money the most right. so don't look for cash flow right now look for the best properties to buy and let the time do do its work you know time is our friend go to, my property goes up in value the rent goes up in value even if the value doesn't go up then you use the 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 rent to pay down the mortgage eventually you're gonna have a free and clear property anyway right <laughs> so buy as many as you can right now when it gets time for you to want the cash flow later sell half of it pay off the other half and then you're gonna have a lot of cash flow at that time when you really need the money when you're 75 80
1: 90. interesting Anyone who's here on Zoom with us, if you have questions, I'll keep firing away. Or on Facebook, I've got it pulled open. If you guys have questions on finding rental properties, scenarios you've seen, questions. Otherwise, I'll keep asking questions. All right, I'm gonna keep asking questions, Ogi. Um, is there ever a time when you would focus on cash flow? Are you're just, I mean, would you would you ever do a mix? Because I know you do. Or when do you, actually, here's a better question when do you look because you flip houses when do you look to flip a house versus when do you look to keep it as a rental
0: when it doesn't fit in these criteria. when okay. yeah when it's a little bit older it has a lot of deferred maintenance that i when i buy it i know that in the future i'm going to have a lot of headaches you know it's going to attract the, the wrong tenants it's going to attract it's going to have problem with the sewer it, it's just in something that I'm gonna have a lot of headache, so I want less hassle as possible. So even though i I own a property management company and I have a property manager, that's all that for me, I still don't want the headache. I don't pick I don't deal with the tenants, but I still want less hassle as possible.
1: Yeah, I, I saw a property. Speaking of less hassle, the other the other uh, the other week, that this one was a flip. But I'd never really thought about this on a uh, a long term rental hold. You said you don't really like pools. They had taken this place that the pool was older. It was a in you know, a nicer neighborhood. The pool of this house was was older, and instead of fixing it up, making a nice pool, they just filled it in, put grass
0: over it. Oh yeah, so, I've done that. It it cost me a lot of money, but on the long run, um, in our city. <laughs> they have a requirement, you have to drill 300 holes in the pool and then put dirt into it (laughs) so it can drain properly. But yeah, sometimes spending money on fixing the pool, it's not worth it. It's not gonna get the value up, it's gonna give you continuous um, problems and more maintenance issues. Judy, do you have a question? oh uh, yes go ahead Judy. Ask, yeah um i have a uh uh investment property i bought that when it was uh, i think 25 years ago and uh, right now of course it's go like three uh double, three times uh, more and the, should i should i sell it and the, kind of leverage the become by the two or three uh property or should i keep Absolutely not. So, what, what uh, you, no, mm-hmm. don't sell the property. Mm-hmm. If you have the property for 25 years, it means that this is the right property. Hasn't been a problem for you to manage it. How much equity do you have in the property? Mm, around like 800? 800. 800,000, do you have any mortgage on the property? Um, a little, probably 100,000. Okay, all right. So this is the biggest mistake people do. You have a lot of equity in the property that's not doing anything for you. So what you have to do is, first thing you have to do is get the cash out of this property. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you sell the property right now and you're not able to do 1031 exchange, you're going to have to pay taxes on the profit. So there's a better way to do it. You can do a cash out refinance out of 25%, uh, 75% of 800,000. So mm-hmm. that's going to be around uh, 600000
1: mm-hmm.
0: So you can get 600000 pay off the the one hundred that you have, and you're going to have $500,000 in cash available to you. IRS do not consider refinances, cash out refinances taxable events, so they're not going to tax you on this money. So you're mm-hmm. going to have 500000 in your in your bank account ready to be invested. Now mm-hmm. you go and start buying other properties, but do not buy properties with cash. Use the cash only to put 20% uh, as a down payment and Mm -hmm. rent the properties. I'm assuming that now the property is 800,000, the over 25 years, the rent has gone up. So even if you refinance on a 600,000 mortgage, the rent should be covering that mortgage, I assume. Mm -hmm. If not, just don't don't over leverage yourself. Get a get a uh, loan that it's just enough. The rent just enough to cover the mortgage. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. right now you have too much money locked in the property, not doing anything for you. Mm-hmm. So uh, you need to get the cash out and you put it in other properties immediately. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's good
1: advice. Thank you so I, much. I, I like it, Ogie. He, he he gave me the same advice by the way on a mastermind call we're on the other week. So he got my head my head spinning because I just, I never I never thought about it. I was never looked at my portfolio yeah, don't, that way.
0: Yeah, don't and then let mm-hmm. uh, six hundred thousand, then let the tenant pay the mortgage. In ten years, that eight hundred thousand will be um could be million and two. And you do the same mm-hmm. thing. You pull the cash out. Yeah. I love mm-hmm. it. So you don't have to sell it to do it that way. So and Great. then you die you pass it to your kid and nobody pays taxes so
1: which is which is back to a topic for another day judy that was a very good question thank you thank you thank you ogie
0: yeah if you guys have any uh specific scenario that you want to discuss with me maybe i'll be happy uh, happy to give you an advice and uh, see what your scenario is so reach out to me directly
1: Okay, great. Thank you so much, Ogi. No thank problem. You. And, and Ogi, there are plenty of songs that talk about time being against us. I asked Autumn to cue up a song, if I don't feel recognized, that the one song I could think of where it says time is actually on our side. So Autumn, you can uh, you can cue the song and uh, Ogi, thank you for being here. Everybody, if you got questions for Ogi, we'll tag him in the Facebook group. Reach out. Thank you. Thank you. This is awesome stuff, man.